All right. Do we want to do like a little intro this time, like, and kind of lead into it? And yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know what do you want to do for an intro. Uh, like just a like a brief like hey like monthly we'll do this and yeah. and uh, like uh, thanks for joining us. Again. Yeah, we're gonna keep doing this monthly. And, we are. Uh, we're gonna keep doing this awesome. monthly. Yay. I guess that's an intro. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. That's a great intro. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do this monthly. So welcome back to month two. Yay! Month um, two. It's been going great. It has. Yeah. What's new with you? Uh, not too much. Um, let's see. I painted a room. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask what that new smell was. It's I paint. couldn't tell if it was paint or the smell of new beginnings because oh. we're in a podcast oh. office now. It's all the thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've got a little permanent setup. Kind of, it's still, it's still adjusting and stuff, yeah. but it's in the phases. But it's, it's in, in the, the phases. phases. We're not in the kitchen anymore, so yes. there we go. We're still in creaky chairs, though. Yes. We'll fix so that. bear with us. We'll, we'll fix, fix it that next, next time. time. So <laughs> at, least our, at least our volume is better this time. Exactly. Or at least it should be. Hey, we'll find we, out in post. We sound glorious, <laughs> regardless, because they love listening to our honey voices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So we have to flip a penny for our thoughts because we're talking conspiracies yep. and cryptids. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Do you want to flip? Because last time I flipped and it was a terrible disaster. It, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll try not to. Okay. So we're what's a penny for our thoughts? Oh, we need to pick. We do. Um, I'll pick tails. Tails. All right. So same. We've got tails. Uh, it is tails. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this time it's cryptids and conspiracies. Yes, cryptids and conspiracies. <laughs> I'm so excited to learn. What am I learning about today? All right. So today you are going to be learning about man-eating trees. I love it. Which I didn't even know was a thing until I started researching this week. Man-eating trees. Man-eating trees. Okay. Feed me, Seymour. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Little shop of horrors. Yes. So, man-eating trees were really popular in the late 1800s. I don't know what it was about the late 1800s, but they just really had a thing with... Something in the water. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, almost all the stories except for one mm-hmm. come from, like, the late 1800s. Oh. <clears throat> the okay. first one, the first time it was ever recorded was April 26th of 1874. There was a man named um, Edmund Spencer... And he published an article to the New York World that had a letter by this famous German explorer. Or at least, I say famous, but it's like nowadays they're starting to say, oh, he wasn't real. But famous German explorer, uh, Karl Leach. uh, And he was exploring in Madagascar. Um, And he talked about, like, all his experiences there. And one of the things that he experienced was, like, a human sacrifice to this man-eating tree by the Makoto tribe in Madagascar. <clears throat> wow. Well, I just, I'm so curious about the digestive system, but go ahead. Right? You go well, ahead. I mean, I, I suppose it's probably somewhere along the lines of, like, any other carnivorous plant. True. You know, That's Venus flytraps. Dissolve them into yeah, their own little photosynthesis. And juices and stuff uh, like aggressive that. Aggressive photosynthesis. Mm-hmm. Aggressive photosynthesis. <laughs> A little bloody. <laughs> so he, in the article, he described it, Um, very detailed, so I'm going to quote the actual description. 
the slender, delicate palpi with the fury of starved serpents quivered a moment over her head, then, as if instinct with demoniac intelligence, fastened upon her in sudden coils round and round her neck and arms. Then, while her awful screams and yet more awful laughter rose wildly to be instantly strangled down again into a gurgling moan, the tendrils, one after another, like great green serpents with brutal energy and infernal rapidity, rose, retracted themselves, and wrapped her about in fold after fold. Oh my god. Ever tightening with cruel swiftness and savage tenacity of anacondas fastening upon their prey. It reminds me of Jumanji. <laughs> Remember that scene? Yeah. Where she's like getting sucked into it, the... <laughs> yeah. It, that, they might have gotten their idea from this. Maybe. I don't know. Oh my gosh. But basically, like... They picked this woman, like the Makoto tribe picked this woman to be the sacrifice for the tree. And what she did was she went and drank like the sap. And the sap is what caused the tree to like react. And it like squished her basically and ate her juices. Um, That's where those shorts come from, right? The juicy shorts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to look at juicy shorts the same way again. Like Manny (laughs) Dutrie. So, and he said that after the sacrifice was completed, the tribe proceeded to partake in a grotesque and indescribably hideous orgy. Woo! As you do. No, well, would, would <laughs> I mean, exchange. Who, who wouldn't follow up a human sacrifice to a man-eating tree without having an orgy? I'm gonna go out on a limb here. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not gonna kink shame them. That's true. That's true. That's, no that's, that's their that's, thing. But, that's their thing. Uh, but puns are not off limits. <laughs> <laughs> So the article went on to become like the 1800s version of viral. So it was basically posted in newspapers and magazines and books all over the world. One of the most notable was an article posted in the South Australian Register um, like about six, eight months after the first article was released. So in October of 1874. And then a book later on called Madagascar, Land of the Man-Eating Tree, written by Chase Osborne. Oh. So that's the, the origin. Okay. Um, in 1955, though, our our best friend Willie Lay, who is like the life of the party, decided to be a total buzzkill and basically said in his book, Salamanders and Other Wonders, that the explorer, Carl Leach, the Makoto tribe, and the man-eating tree are not real. Oh. You know, so well, you know, just he's a blast. I'm sure he's a fake hoot news. At parties. Yeah, he basically just went in and was like, this is fake news. He's that guy. Okay. <laughs> Um, so now I'm going to get into like more variations of the man-eating tree and like descriptions of them. Um, I'm going to give a little more description of the Madagascar tree, which was actually given a like Latin species name of Crinoida dagiana. And they said, if you can imagine a pineapple tree or a pineapple plant, um, eight feet tall and thick in proportion, resting upon its base and denuded of leaves, denuded whatever Hmm. whatever a word you will have a good idea of the trunk of the tree which however was not the color of an anana but a dark dingy brown and apparently hard as iron so it was you can't just chop it down it's there it's just there uh from the apex of its truncated cone so it like cones up okay um at least two feet in diameter so it's a thick tree uh, eight leaves hung sheer to the ground like doors swung back on their hinges. So big eight leaves kind of hanging down like a weeping willow sort of thing. Um, so yeah, from like eight feet up, big eight foot leaves, I guess. 
these leaves, which were joined to the top of the tree at regular intervals, were about 11 or 12 feet long. Oh, even longer than the tree. Wow. That's big leaves. Um, and shaped very much like the leaves of, of an American agave or century plant. Oh. They were two feet through in their thickest part and three feet wide. So these are thick wow. leaves. These are like huge leaves. These are big leaves. These are 12 feet long and three feet wide and at their thickest part, two feet thick. You could just sail to Japan. You could use like it as a boat. Here. You could. <clears throat> you could. Um, let's see. Uh... Tapering to a sharp point that looked like a cow's horn, very convex on the outer surface and on the inner surface slightly concave. The concave face was thickly set with very strong thorny hooks like those upon the head of the teasel. I don't know what a teasel is. I should have looked that up. That sounds fun. Uh, These leaves hanging thus limp and lifeless, dead green in color, had the appearance of of the massive strength of oak fiber. Wow. The apex of the cone was round, white, con- was a round concave figure, like a smaller plate set within a larger one. This is, I'll post pictures because wow. this is really weird this to think about. This is bizarre. It is very bizarre so looking. So bizarre. It sounds like uh, like stories got compiled on each other and right? people started, it's like the uh, and then game. Yeah. Uh, or the, the improv, yes and, yeah, yes and, yes and, yeah. yes and. Or it sounds like somebody had just a really weird nightmare that tr- that too. about plants. Or both. That sounds like uh, uh, Neville Longbottom's worst nightmare. Oh my god. Yes. Yes, it does. Harry Potter references are my favorite. Um, There was... This was not a flower, but a receptacle. And there exuded into it a clear, treacly liquid, honey-sweet, and possessed of violently... Or violent, intoxicating, and soporific properties. So, basically, at the top of the cone was, like, a basin. And in the basin was, like, this... Sludge, this like semi clear, bittersweet honey. Ooh, that's what's gonna <clears throat> digest you. It's gonna break you down. That's yeah, and that's also what the woman drank in the human sacrifice. I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Do do do. Uh, from underneath the rim of the undermost plate, a series of long, hairy green tendrils stretched out in every direction towards the horizon. So, other than the leaves, they've also got these vines. That just stick out horizontally. Horizontally. Oh, yes, like towards the horizon. Um, these were seven or eight feet long each and tapered from four inches thick at the base to a half an inch in diameter as they stretched out. And they stretched out stiff. So literally pointing straight out. It kind of reminds me of a demogorgon. Yeah. Like a, like a demogorgon tree. It's funny, but one of the um, illustrations of it looks like a demogorgon <gasps> ooh, tree. Ooh, creepy. <clears throat> I wonder if they may have gotten some ideas from They might have, yeah. because it does look like that. The like orchid I, face? Yeah. Oh. It does look like that, only with like eight instead of four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, cool. Um, uh, I above, wouldn't want to mess with this No, thing. I wouldn't. It, it sounds like a really terrifying looking yeah. tree. Um, above these, like, vines, there were six white, almost transparent palpi, and they reared themselves towards the sky, twirling and twisting with a marvelous, incessant motion, yet constantly reaching upward. So it had these other white things, like, reaching up towards the sky. Hmm. So you got to imagine leaves hanging to the ground, vines pointing straight out to the horizon, mm-hmm. and then these other white tendrils, like, pointing up to, towards wow. the sky. Wow. It sounds... Hideous. It does. It does. 
It does not sound like the kind of plant you'd want to ficus of in your front yard. No, no. no. It's not like this corpse <laughs> flower everyone's obsessed with that just yeah. stinks to high oh, heaven. I, I don't know why. That. And it's like, I saw the live feed of that, and it was like an eight-hour feed, and it barely moved like an inch. Yeah. But that looks like the sort of plant that could probably be a human-eating plant. I saw a story, too, recently about a vulture that was a, a confused by one. It, like, showed up to a college campus because it had, like, bloomed, and it was confused because it thought that, hey, there's dead oh, things here. Oh, it smelled dead things. <laughs> the, the students were like, there's a vulture on campus. Huh. Does it actually <laughs> smell like dead things? I've never smelled one, but I've been, I know people who have, and it's apparently it's really quite bad. awful. Quite awful. Know, there's somebody like in Roseville that grows them. Really? Mm-hmm. I wonder what it looks like fully bloomed. I, sh- I didn't, because like I said, I tried to watch the video and it was so boring. It was eight hours long and it didn't actually bloom. It's definitely, <laughs> it's not like a a display. A flower. It's like pretty much the outside kind of opens and oh. then it kind of dies. Okay, so it smells so like that. it's not really dies. a flower then. Technically, no. It's so not a very they, pretty flower. It doesn't sound like exactly. a pretty flower. And it sounds like it smells one. bad too. It sounds more like a weed. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds very close to this thing. It does sound it like does. this. Yeah. Um, then let's see. So the white things were thin as reeds, and they were frail as quills, and they were five or six feet tall. So you got to think, the plant itself is eight feet tall, and then another like six feet on top of that. That are these white reeds. Wow, it's tall. You can't miss this thing. It's <clears throat> no, like fourteen you can't. feet tall. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad you could do the math because I yeah. couldn't. <laughs> That's not my that strong point. That was a lucky point. guess. <laughs> like domino. Um, so let's see. They were six feet tall and they were s- constantly and vigorously in motion with such a subtle, sinuous, silent throbbing against the air. I hate that word. Throbbing. Like people hate the word moist. I hate the word throbbing. I know a girl who hates the word cuisine. I mean, it's not a great and word. And I'm going to say it for her, just in case she's listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I cuisine. said it. Cuisine. A throbbing, moist cuisine. Ugh. Ugh. That's worse than this tree. I know. This tree would be very into it, though. <laughs> this tree is probably a throbbing, moist cuisine. Woo-hoo. That's going to be part of the title. I've Good. already decided. Throbbing, Good. moist it's, cuisine. This podcast. This episode. <laughs> a throbbing, moist cuisine. <laughs> Um, and it said that they made him shudder in spite of himself with their suggestion of serpent flayed yet dancing on their tails. So, so that's the Madagascar tree. Oh, wow. <clears throat> it sounds really gross. It does. And I promise this time I'm actually going to make a blog post and post pictures with it. Oh, because, yes, please do. Because it's nasty. And there's, there's so many different pictures I, well, of I'm like, so artist renditions of them. Oh, my gosh. So um, so the next man-eating tree that we've got is the Yativi, or Yativio, which translates to I see you. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is native to Central and South America. So this is a um, different side of the world from mm-hmm. Madagascar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was written about in 1887. So just, you know, not even 10 years or a little over 10 years later. Like I said, the late 1800s were big for man-eating trees. Apparently. I don't know. Maybe... I'm trying to think if maybe, like, the um, the carnivorous plants were discovered in the 1800s. And, and, it, and maybe it kind of, like, made people, like, freak out and think, well, if there's plants that can eat mice and birds and insects, maybe there's ones that are big enough for people. That would make sense. And a tree would be that <clears throat> size. I mean, at the time, this is before even they were going to the theaters mm-hmm. and seeing trains coming at them at screens. Yeah. It would make sense <clears throat> that, oh, tree eats people. Sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Interesting. So, um... 
Most reports say that it was short, or it has a short, thick trunk and long, tendril-like appendages that are used to catch prey. Some reports even claim that it has an eye to locate prey with. Oh, hi, Sauron. <laughs> I see you. Well, that's why that's why it's called the I see you tree. I see. Oh, mm. huh. because I in, see. Yeah, I see <laughs> what you're being eaten by. <laughs> But yeah, so that's just in some reports, though. The main reports, though, um, said that it was... It it mainly caught large insects and that sometimes it has humans as prey. But most of the time it's large insects, small birds, mice, stuff like that. But if it gets big enough, it'll eat people. It's like a shark. It's described, they said, this marvelous vegetable minotaur is represented as having short, thick trunk from the top of which radiate giant spines, narrow and flexible, but of extraordinary tenaciousness, the edges of which are armed with barbs or dagger-like teeth. So this one, it starting out, it's starting to sound a lot like the Madagascar tree, mm-hmm. but as you get going, it sounds like they kind of were like, let's copy your homework but not make it obvious. Change a couple of things. Yeah. Erase a few. <laughs> yep. makes it, we can put it in a few wrong answers. Yep. I see. Um, instead of growing upright or at an inclined angle from the t- trunk, these spines lay their outer edges on the ground, and so gracefully are they distributed that the trunk resembles an easy couch with green drapery around it. So basically, the trunk is just kind of low, and the leaves just kind of lay along the ground. I see. And I'm guessing they, like, snap up. Mm Mm-hmm. That sounds much more, except for the eye, wherever the eye goes. Yeah, wherever the eye is. Much more practical than uh, than the other one. Than the the Madagascar one. one. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, The unfortunate traveler, ignorant of the monstrous creation which lies in his way, and curious to examine the strange plant or to rest himself upon the inviting stalk, approaches without a suspicion of his certain doom. The moment his feet are set within the circle of the horrid spines, they rise up like gigantic serpents and entwine themselves about him until he's drawn upon the stump when they speedily drive their daggers into his body and thus complete the massacre. The body is crushed until every drop of blood is squeezed out of it and it becomes absorbed by the gore-loving plant when the dry carcass is thrown out and the horrid trap is set again. Whoa! Yeah. So So yeah, it literally like... You, you go towards the trunk, you step on the leaves, and it, like, clasps up on you like a Venus flytrap uh-huh. and squeezes you until the blood drips onto the trunk. Ew. And then once you're dead and dry, it chucks the body and like a starts over brand new. cartoon cat with a fish skeleton. Yes. Just like... Okay, yep. I'm done with you. Yep. Ooh, yep. gross. It's not pleasant. That is not. The next one is called the Vampire Vine. This one was discovered by a man named William Thomas Steed in 1891. Okay. So just another couple of years after. Like I said, they're all in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was also in Central America, specifically mm-hmm. Nicaragua. Interesting. Oh, okay. Ooh. So we're so. kind of sort of nearby. We're near <laughs> Latin America. Yeah. Okay. Um... This one was posted about in an article in Lucifer magazine in oh. the October edition of 1891. Um, it was described um, by this Mr. Dunstan, who was a naturalist who experienced it. Um, he just got back from a voyage to Central America, and he spent two years studying all the flora and the fauna of the country. you got to remember, this is back when... 
Americans and stuff like that were really trying to like explore out and study these other cultures. And in a lot of these studies, they, they describe the culture there as very savage, which is very racist white person thing to do. You know, like, I mean, especially the Madagascar one, they describe them as a very savage and brutal Mm. African tribe, you know, which is just, that's what we do. Yeah. In Central America and South America, we're no real different as far as, 18th century white people were concerned. Yeah, there's all. If you weren't living, if in, you weren't in America or the Britons, you were probably a savage. If your icebox wasn't in your carriage house, <laughs> you were a savage. <laughs> um, okay, so he was engaged for hunting for botanical and etymological specimens when he heard his dog cry out as if in agony from a distance. Uh oh. Oh, More dogs. I mean, that seems to be our thing is, you know, dogs in danger. Dogs in danger. Um, Running to the spot where the animal's cries came from, Mr. Dunstan found himself or found the dog enveloped in a perfect network of what seemed to be fine rope-like tissue of roots and fibers. Winston, no. Winston. Wait, Dunstan. Dunstan. No, Winston. We're going to name the dog Winston. Dunstan and Winston. Mr. Dunstan's dog Winston. The dynamic duo. Um, the native servants who accompanied Mr. Dunson manifested the greatest horror of the vine, which they called the devil's snare, which is also in Harry Potter. It is that the devil's snare was like, you know, just vines and stuff that strangled and on the way to the sorcerer's stone. Yes. Yes. And it sounds like it's basically. It sounds like they probably they pulled from you know from that. Interesting. Hey, yep. J.K. So the Devil's I Snare. See you, hon. Yep. I she see was. You. She's big into cryptids. Yeah. Let's be real. Let's be real. You know. Agreed. Um, you know, and the Devil's Snare also makes a big debut in the Harry Potter Hogwarts mystery oh, app game, it does. where you know it takes you like eight hours to escape from it because you have to save up energy unless you're willing to pay for the microtransactions. So, also, you know. in the Game Boy Color game of years gone by. Oh, there they, you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, you gotta get out of that. Yeah. That's, that's a challenge. What was the rhyme? Devil snare, devil snare, it's not much fun and hates the sun or something like that? Oh, why you gotta stump me in the middle of a podcast? I know. Oh, you're I sh- just... I didn't think about that until now. But yeah, Hermione said like a yeah, little rhyme about it. That's true. Something like that. Anyway, it sounds like it's not going to get you out of this thing. No, no, definitely not. Um, they, the natives had lots of stories about the devil snares, death dealing powers. Um, and then Mr. Dunson was able to discover very little about the plant. Um, basically because it was so hard to like handle and get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, your dog apparently. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so its grasp can only be torn away with the loss of skin and even flesh. Ooh. So basically ripping it off is going to rip off some skin. It sounds like those, you know, I figured out what the way around that you, mm. you put your garden glove on and then you go get a dish towel. Oh. And then that that gets the you got to have a thorns. double layer. Yeah, that double layer. Okay. So he, if he only he had a dish it. towel, he could have saved his dog. You got to wrap it before you grab it. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um so, but as near as he could ascertain, its power of suction is contained in a number of infinitesimal mouths or little suckers. So that's that's what it's coming from. It's not like it's thorns. It's got like these little itty bitty like octopus suckers that suck blood out Ooh. of you. Um, leechy. Yep. Yeah. But less very, bitey. Yeah. But leechy. more bitey. Maybe but just, like yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, ordinarily closed, and then they open for food. Mm-hmm. Um, if the substance is animal, the blood is drawn off, and the carcass or refuse is then dropped. So once again, it drains you of your blood and then tucks the carcass. It's just, ugh. So the last one that I've got is much more recent. Oh. This is the cow-eating tree or the Pilimara, which, is, which translates to the tiger tree. This one's native to India. That sounds cool. This one happened in 2007. Oh. Very recently. Whoa. So it's like, you know, we had like almost 200 years yeah. of just, you know, hey, man-eating plants are just a comedic jokes yep. saved for musicals. Yes. But uh, 2007, in fact, October of 2007. Wow. There was a report of the cow-eating tree, which could also eat people if it could eat a cow. Interesting. Um, this was actually like reported on like news sites and everything. Wow, I, where did, I, I, I might mean, like, have heard about this, but it may have been all this was mainly like radar. Indian news sites and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Okay, okay. But um, the there was a young lady walking in a field um, behind like buildings in her village. And she heard, like, this cow struggling. So she went and found this cow that was basically, like, being lifted off the ground by this tree. Its tail and its hind legs were, like, wrapped up in vines. And it was being pulled in. Only the front feet were, like, on the ground. Ooh, oh, no! So when the cow pulled itself forward to escape, the tree appeared to respond by pulling the animal back. Wow. Um, the young woman ran for help, and... This local farmer came and basically like cut the branches off, but the branch, but even though like branches were cut off, the cow wasn't released until the whole tree got cut down. Oh my god! So basically, like I watched the YouTube video (gasps) of like the news report, and it's basically this chopped apart stump. But they were saying that this was the cow eating tree. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, News team came like a week later and interviewed all the villagers, and like I said, that's the news report that I saw. They didn't have translations of what the people were saying, only of like. Only the anchor spoke in English. Hmm. So the villagers had said that, like, this has happened a couple of times with injuries to cows and and people, and that, you know, um, it had even, like, done this to a bull, like a big bull. Wow. Um, and that they, you know, they saved the animal just wow. once again by cutting it down. This I has been happening for, like, 30 years. How weird. Mm-hmm. It just, like, just got, just, you just got too close. Yeah. Suck you back in here. Um, wow. That same villager explained that tiger trees can be calmed or killed by piercing them with iron. Um, but calmed the, or killed? Yeah. And, and there's some theories that maybe these trees are possessed by evil spirits, oh. which would bring in the iron. Oh. Because... According to mythology, iron can like stop a ghost. Oh, so yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So yeah. some some theories are that it's a possessed tree, not actually a man-eating tree, oh. just possessed. Um, he says that the trees are not easy to identify because there are like lots of different species that have the name tiger tree or pilimara. Um, so rather than being a specific species, the name is just a description of. Any plant that attacks cows or people. Huh. So. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So, basically the theories behind all all of these are, is that most of them were basically like people freaking out over carnivorous plants in general and thinking, hey, if there's something small, then there's probably something big. And, you know, a lot of these stories have been proven as like, not necessarily true, yeah. but you know, it's just like the innate fear that people had back in the 1800s of the unknown. Wow. 
Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So those are man-eating trees. Man-eating trees. I love it. I love it. Well, so anything else? No, no, that that's all I've got. We so wanna take a quick break? Yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and run our little open because it's so much fun. Alright, so now it's my turn. Okay, my welcome turn. back. All welcome right. back. Okay. So I'm gonna start mine off with a little, little bit of an anecdote. Okay. So a few years ago I was with my mom on our way back from a quick trip to Missouri okay. when our flight was severely delayed out of Kansas City. Okay. Uh, remember that guy that got into the airport tower in uh, Chicago and he like delayed a whole bunch of flights because caused a whole bunch of mayhem. I mean it just it threw everybody off. He didn't end up actually doing anything. They like tackled him before. That sounds vaguely familiar. Well, fuck that guy, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, uh, um, I had to get to work the next day, which uh, I would undoubtedly miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my mom got us at least out of Kansas City and over to Denver, okay. uh, where we endured one of the worst travel delays I've ever experienced. We basically got there a little bit before midnight, but everything was closing at the time. Okay. And so I had enough time to run into one of the stores and grab like a Lunchable and then get out. But my luggage was already on my way back to Sacramento or, you know, on its way. Right. So all I had was basically my backpack, my purse. I didn't have a sweatshirt, a jacket, I mean, food. I just had a little bit of uh, a cash on me to, to, to buy something. So we had to stay the night in the Denver airport until almost five o'clock the next day in the morning before we could board our plane. Oh, I know what you're doing now. I'm so excited because I love this one. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. So with no jackets, no blankets, I just had to sleep in the cold. We, in mm-hmm. fact, I would be lying if we didn't say after the cleaning crews came through, we actually took some of the trash bags out of two of the can- trash cans because we needed something. We were so yeah. cold. Mm-hmm. And it's only October. It's like September or so. But... Um, but it was really, really cold in the airport. So um, we were so desperate. So excuse me, I'm a little more than biased when I say that the conspiracy theory this time is everything concerning the Denver airport. Yes. The I Denver love this International one airport. so much. Like I've heard, I've read so many like creepypastas and no sleep stories oh, yeah. about the, the DIA. And it's like, I've done... I've done my own research on this. Okay, good. I really want, like, I've flown through Denver before, but it was before I knew about this, and now I'm kicking myself because it's like, I want to fly back through there just so that I can, like, just make sure that I have, like, a really long layover so I can just kind of, like, go peek around. And go explore. Because I've got a tip at the end that you might want to maybe try to take advantage of next time. So, okay. So... We're going to talk about all, a lot of the theories okay. uh, because there's so many of them, but we're going to cover a few. Uh, we're going to glance over a couple of them because since before the construction finished in 1995, even as far back as the blueprint phase, mm-hmm. there have been hundreds of conspiracy theories mm-hmm. that have circulated around the Denver airport. Uh, in fact, it's almost smack dab in the middle of the entire country yes. of America, making it the perfect breeding ground for theories, assuming the airport is the home of the headquarters for the New World Order or the Ooh. Illuminati. Of course. Of course. So, the plans for the airport started in 1993, despite mm-hmm. Denver already having an airport 25 miles outside of the city. Right. Because they were like, we've got one, but they're like, no, no, no. We, we need, need a, a new different one. one. We need a different one. Okay, so uh, then the Denver airport we know today ended up being completed 16 months, 16 to 18 months behind schedule and $2 million over budget. Boy. Where did that money Where'd go? Where did the money go? Where did it went to all the dollars? underground, you know, tunnels. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so for this episode, we're going to talk about the Nazi runways, okay. the really weird art, mm-hmm. and the mysterious underground facilities. So where do you want to start? 
Oh. You get to pick. Oh my god. Well, first of all, have you seen what it looks like on the outside? Because oh, yeah. it's like they, they set it up and they said that it looks like the Rocky Mountains. I don't it think looks like mashed potatoes. It me. looks terrifying. It just looks like these points. Anyway. It's like weird little points. Well, like, like circus tents. Yeah, like circus tents. <laughs> okay, so I've got to choose between Nazi runways. Uh huh. Really weird art. Really weird art. Or. Look, okay, let's do the art. Okay, let's, let's, let's start small. Okay, so. There's a whole bunch of really, really strange art mm-hmm. throughout the uh, entire airport. But we're going to talk about Lucifer, the genocide murals, and uh, the some of the gargoyles. We'll touch on them. Okay. Uh, so um, there's a outside the on the entrance outside mm-hmm. the airport. Uh, there's a massive fiberglass statue of a blue Mustang that's reared up on its hind legs, greeting visitors at the airport. Uh, he's bright blue with red glowing eyes that you can't miss at night. He's just gorgeous. And he's also very anatomically correct. I was, I was just about to say, I'm looking at the picture and I'm like, Oh, he is very well endowed for a whole. I'll post okay. it to the website with the sands, uh, fig leaf. Or, or man-eating tree leaf. Because <laughs> this thing is huge. It is, um... It's he's, a creepy-looking horse. He and also, that's a, he's very anatomically correct in the in the, the exit region. I'll post oh, a so picture not, of that, too. Not just the frontal region. Oh, he's just... He's just anatomically correct in general. All around. He's quite a horse. Like, he, I mean, it's terrifying as is, because it's yeah. a giant blue horse with glowing red eyes. Exactly. And apparently veins yes. all so over the place. He's uh, he's very well lit, very hard to miss. He's 32 feet tall and weighs over 9,000 pounds. So I'll post pictures on the blog if you're not familiar with now it. I'm but, wondering um, how big his anatomic, anatomically <laughs> correctness weighs. <laughs> I mean, I'm, that's not even the part that killed somebody. Wait, no, no, okay, just go ahead. <laughs> It's based on an eight-foot-tall version of a dis- the dis- one that's on display at the University of Oklahoma, but okay. some refer to him as the fourth horseman of the apocalypse. Uh, he, they call him Lucifer in town <laughs> because he's just—I mean—so he's got these, this red glowing eye that's actually it harkens back to the creator. Uh, his name was Luis Jimenez, and he—it started actually in 1993. It was one of the earliest public art commissions. For the airport. Okay. So the airport was in blueprint phases when this guy started. All right. It took more than so a decade in, to finish. It was in blueprint phases when Blucifer was. Exactly. Okay. And some people say that this thing has been there since before the airport even was built. However, it wasn't installed until a couple of years ago. How? So, um, uh, Lucifer actually famously killed Jimenez. That his creator in his shop in 2006 when his head fell on him and severed an artery in his leg and he bled out. Oh my god. So he's already got like a blood sacrifice. Exactly. Exactly. The thing had to be finished over the next couple of years. Uh, and in fact, Jimenez had just finished painting his head. So the head that fell on him, he had just finished working on. Uh, the sculpture had to be completed with the help of his staff, family, and two professional race car painters before it was sent to California to be assembled and then back to Denver where it was finally installed in 2008. Oh, boy. So he's he's quite a, quite a beast. And actually, the red eyes, they say there's kind of some speculation about it because Jimenez chose red eyes because his father owned a neon uh, 
produ- like production company. He okay. made like neon lights. Okay. So he made the eyes glow red to honor his father. Gotcha. But the eyes could have been any color. Why are they red? Yeah. Uh, he looks really demonic. And My guess is to they represent... were red initially, but the blood sacrifice made I, them You red. know, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> So that's our good buddy, Murderer Blucifer. Oh, that's okay. terrifying. He's so creepy. He's so creepy. And he looks just gorgeous at night. I mean, but why a blue horse? A lot of people really look into him and they're like, uh, I don't really understand why a blue horse. I don't know if gorgeous is the word I would use for it, but you know. <laughs> I'm a big fan of horses. So. I mean, it's just like, do his veins light up too? Because they it look like they're lit like up. Because they, it, between night and day. You don't see them in the daytime, exactly. but he's got like... Glowing eyes and like glowing veins and and, and trust me he's, and he's other, veiny there too. He's got a lot of glowing veins, lots just, of grow, glowing veins gr- and growing veins. Yeah, apparently <laughs> he's he's a, he's a he's got a mind of his own. He must be he's growing somewhere. All right, so now we'll move on to our genocide mural and dying children. Okay, okay. So um, one of the most startling things in the Denver airport are the murals in the Jepson terminal. Uh, okay. Some theorists <laughs> believe the murals, uh, which are painted by by artist Leo Tanguma. Okay. Uh, they tell the story of apocalyptic Nazi bio-warfare destroying the world as we know it, with the world order taking over in its place. So... What is this? One of them is called The Children of the World. Both of them, both of these two uh, paintings span two panels, and they, they tell different stories depending on which way you look at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll link both pictures of those to the blog, too. Uh, one panel of Children of the World depicts what appears to be a Nazi soldier with a weapon in each hand, mm-hmm. impaling the Dove of Peace with a sword, with weeping women, and what appear to be dead children nearby. Yeah. So, He's sodomizing a, whore, a, a dove with a sword. <laughs> uh, he's definitely a Nazi soldier. He's got like a gas mask on. He mm-hmm. has a, a weapon Still, with a bayonet the, on the, the end. The scimitar is really odd. Yeah, and very interesting decisions. And there's a yeah, there's a note on the bottom, and actually, I don't know what it says. I kind of wonder what it says. It's I too bet small it's to legible read. too. I'm, I'm sure it is in person. <clears throat> yeah. I need to go back through it. But um, but the panels are meant to be uh, read right to left. So the other panel connected with this shows children from many cultures coming together to destroy bundles of swords wrapped in the flags of several countries, including Britain, America, and France. So it's very welcoming. It's very... You know, and they're, they're standing on top of the dead soldier that right. was impaling the dove in the other panel. They're just... The sword is warped. They've got two doves of peace standing on top of mm-hmm. uh, the soldier symbolizing that, it, you know, it's more than one group has to come together to acknowledge peace. Right, right. But if you... <clears throat> it depends on which way you read them. Because yeah, if because you read it, left or right... It's Which is how the majority of the world reads. Exactly, exactly. But these and are it's meant got to like be. this rainbow fading out, and it looks like the soul of the dead children. Exactly, isn't that strange? It's so you really can see where the conspiracy <laughs> theories come from. Uh, then there's another one called uh, "Peace and Harmony with Nature." One panel shows the abundance of diversity in life. Uh, the other shows the extinction of animals and cultures at the hand of modern humans. Oh, that's depressing. Again, it's the the depiction. I mean, there's a dead leopard. There's a woman in agony. There's fires burning in in one panel. And uh, there's ivory in one corner. There's a dead child in a coffin. There's there's turtles. There's the dodo bird. It just shows the absolute destruction at the hands of modern society, like they say. In the other panel, it's beautiful. It's full of life. It's it's exploding with color. It's the the land. It looks fertile, and the birds are flying, and they're they don't look panicked. 
But, it, again, it depends on which way you want to read the panel. Yeah, because, once again, left to right, it looks like everything's great and then blowing up. Maybe stuff. it depends on what, if you're departing or... Or if you're arriving, if are you if you're coming to the airport, you Maybe. read it one way. If you come, you know, if you're leaving, Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I it's don't just know. it's very <laughs> odd. It's a very odd artwork. There's also a mention of a couple of words that are quote gibberish all over the airport. Okay. Um, it turns out two of them are the artists' names that created said project, right. uh, and then the others are just misspelled Navajo words. Okay. That I thought was uh, was uh, interesting. Uh, so that's our art. Now where do we want to go? So we can go to either underground facilities or... Let's do the Nazis because the underground facilities are my favorite. Nazis! <laughs> so I'm uh, good because I don't have too much on this one. It's just the fact that the, uh, the, air, the way the runways are set up... It looks like a swastika. <laughs> despite the delay I experienced, the Denver airport is actually allegedly very efficient. Mm-hmm. This actually wasn't their fault that my delay was, uh, was so bad. <laughs> But I'm I still, have heard that they are a very efficient airport. I'm a little, I'm a but little judgy. But it is, it is set up like a swastika. <laughs> exactly, because their their simple network of runways unfortunately looks like a giant swastika it from does. above. Uh, some say it looks more like a pinwheel, uh, but I will link uh, pictures of these uh, to the blog. So I you mean, can see what I, I mean. guess a swastika looks like a pinwheel. Exactly. If you ignore, <laughs> ignore this extra arm out here, <laughs> and that it's not as symmetrical as its comparison. But it turns mm-hmm. out this particular layout allows for extremely efficient configuration and choreography uh, choreography without mm-hmm. plane movements overlapping. Right. But I remain a little skeptical. Right. Because I'll get to this again <laughs> at the very end. Okay. Uh, why? Uh, there's some theories that may be a little uh, based in fact. Oh. We'll okay. find out. All right. All right. Okay. So now we'll talk about the underground facilities. Yes. And there, the monsters they're hiding there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh man. So there's a train that runs uh, from various concourses at the Denver airport, complete with supporting tunnels. That's actually apparently pretty fun to ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also a planned automated baggage system that was built underground, complete with another network of tunnels. But it was a money hemorrhaging nightmare. That's where that $2 million went. Oh. That never worked, and the whole a whole lot of it still exists, but it's mostly used by Denver Airport uh, employees just to get around quickly. Gotcha. In fact, that baggage system alone was totally possessed. It would randomly dump luggage, it would mangle it, or send it flying across the room. Can you imagine that poor schmuck that's picking your naughties up off the, oh, <laughs> off the floor <laughs> of the airport baggage slave? Like, oh, I'm so... <laughs> oh, man. They see everything. Yikes. Sorry. <laughs> Woo. Just tuck that right back in there. <laughs> so there's also a theory that one of those underground tunnels could take you all the way to Washington, D.C. That it's a, where the four, like the. A giant tunnel connecting Denver to D.C. To the middle. Why would you walk that far? I mean, are, who are you, Forrest Gump? Well, I mean, I'm sure it's not a walking tunnel. That's There's true. probably a, like a monorail or at probably, some point down the tunnel. I bet Elon Musk has already built... Elon Musk and Starman his... have probably made some sort of like fast, like bullet train. Exactly. It's, it already exists. It's just under the Denver airport. There's another conspiracy theory for you. You heard it first right here on... Trademark. We, we trademark that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, and also, uh, there, but in reality, all the plumbing and electrical systems under the airport allegedly... Mm-hmm. And at the underground area's lowest level, meaning it would be an incredible architectural feat to hide anything underneath it, apparently. Right. But I'm not saying that's definitive, that there's nothing underneath it, because anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. So, 
if you believe. Now, <laughs> there's an overarching theory mm-hmm. about the airport that the Freemasons, a centuries-old secret society, has controlled the airport ever since it opened. That mm-hmm. they're the whole reason <laughs> it was even created back of in, course. you know. Because there was already an airport 25 miles out the city. It's only, you know... It's 30 minutes away. So basically, they just wanted to expand their compound, and the best way to cover it up was an airport. Pretty much. That they wanted an underground facility. Gotcha. And like, why, you know, who's going to notice nobody coming in and out of an airport? Yeah. You know, it, it can be covered up so easily. I suppose. So the, the, uh, they've also got ties to the New World Order, a group of global elites who wield power over international affairs. So this, mm-hmm. this theory may be rooted in some truth, so uh, bear with me. Okay. Uh, there's a commemoration plaque at the airport's south entrance dated March 19th, 1994. Mm-hmm. It contains a time capsule that's supposed to be opened in 2094 and bears the symbol of the Freemasons. A picture of it will be linked to the blog, I promise. And as well as a reference to the New World Airport Commission, which does not exist. The New World Airport Commission is not real. But it's on the time capsule. But it's on the time capsule. I'm sad that I'll be dead when this time capsule gets opened. Will you, though? I mean, there's advancements in technology every day. We could be cryogenically frozen like Walt Disney, and I will get to that one, too, conspiracy. I better be dead by 2094. (laughs) If I'm forced to be drawn out that far, I'm going to be very upset. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a little, I mean... little crypt keeper. (laughs) Boil (laughs) Googles. Well, allegedly, uh, technically, according to the Denver Post, Mm -hmm. the New World Airport Commission was named by art activist Charles Onsbacher, who died in 2010. Mm -hmm. It was a reference to Dvorak's New World Symphony and was only created to oversee the opening festivities of the DIA. Okay. So it was created just for this. Mm-hmm. Just for this. Just for the airport. Just to open the airport, and then it's, then it's nothing. Mm-hmm. No, don't worry about it. We're just going to put it on the plaque. Like, don't worry about it. You know. <laughs> of course. Don't worry about it. Because that's, that's what anybody would do. Of course. They even <laughs> tried to open a, an open-air garden inside the airport. They've tried so many different art installations and things to get around. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, probably feed the tunnels underneath. They tried to grow a garden inside this airport and then it didn't do well. It was the maintenance on the, on the upkeep on right. the garden was too much. They just let it go. But apparently it's a huge infestation of bugs and, and issues and stuff. So, you know, of course it could be feeding the new world order mm. underneath the airport. It's very possible. It's very possible. I'm yes. not saying it's not, but if you're interested in checking all this out for yourself, it is widely broadcast that the airport staff will refuse to discuss these theories with the curious. But one skeptical inquirer reporter, Robert Blaskowitz, said uh, he found not only will they oblige, but they also offer tours. So you might, if you're lucky, get down there into those tunnels because I've I've been told I found in one article that there is a drawing of an alien on in the inside of one of the tunnels. Okay, so future patrons on Patreon, we would like to go on this tour, please. Yes, yes. <laughs> we would love to go on if this tour. If you guys could pay for this, we'd be very thankful. All we need is the flight to Denver. You don't need to pay for us to do anything. You can come with we us. We just need to go to Denver and then come back. Yeah, that's all That's we, all we need. Yeah, so exactly. please donate to us on Patreon. Exactly. Please do. <laughs> you, it, it behooves you because then we can bring you more things. We can bring you more video content. We can talk about this We more. can talk about it. We can tweet about it. Mm-hmm. We can Instagram it. We can 
the we gosh, can go crazy can about it. Us. Yeah, we can go crazy about it. So if you find yourself in a shitty situation like mine, uh, hopefully not in the middle of the night. See if you can track down an employee and ask for a tour. But tell them we sent you. Mm-hmm. Because we want to go. We want to go. Yes. If you have do. any stories about being in the DIA. Please, please. Please tell us. Email us. You can email us at uh, conspiraciesencryptids at gmail.com. Or find us on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, basically anything. Everything. And tell I, us about your experiences at the Denver International Airport. Please do. Please do. We really want to know. We want to know if you if you found anything, if you saw anything in the murals, <laughs> if there's something that you don't know that you want to know and you want us to research, just uh, hit us up. Yeah. Yeah. I got the time. I want to help my people. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're here for. That's what we're so here that's for. all I okay. got on the Denver Airport. That's all you got? That's okay. Got. But yeah. Um, Add to it. Please do. Well, like I said, um, the, 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 the stories that I've heard and read were just, you know, creepypastas and no sleep stories about, you know, like monsters that were concealed within the tunnels, you know, things that were like of Cthulhu sort of nature where it was mm. like they were about to break out and destroy all humanity and the Ooh. DIA was built as a way to kind of conceal them. And then I've also heard the New World Order stuff. You know, where basically DIA is where it was going to be like the headquarters of where like the new Hitler was going to come. Yes, from. and that's where in the the uh, the murals, a lot of people say mm-hmm. that if you read them from left to right, that that is more that the the abundance of peace and harmony with nature and the destroying of swords is actually going to turn into this new world order with Nazis leading the charge, mm-hmm. and that we are going to be under this post-apocalyptic regime hell and right. <laughs> um uh, so uh, and it'll be interesting it is the new headquarters going to be the denver airport the mashed potatoes if you will of, in the middle of the the, the continent <laughs> it is a really strange looking airport though like i've never seen an airport that looks quite like that the nazi airport like the, the swastika you know? aside just the look of it yeah is very off-putting just a little bit especially i mean you can't really necessarily see if you're flying in from any direction but yeah. but you know and i wonder how how somebody i guess if you flew over directly over you could probably look down and yeah. see it but how somebody looked down and went that kind of looks like a swastika yeah <laughs> i'm assuming they saw it from up above yeah but um yeah. or maybe they saw the blueprints or something yeah that's true but that's but true. yeah i know they, like they the are. design of it the, from what they said it was just supposed to be like it was supposed to look like the Rocky Mountains, but I don't know when yeah. the Rocky Mountains has ever looked like circus tents. And they say that the underground bunker was, uh, was that there's you know one right underneath there, but there's also apparently one that's military that's nearby in the Rockies. So there's also speculation as to why would you put one there when there's already one in the Rockies? Or is there really one in the Rockies? Maybe that's a decoy. Maybe it's a decoy. Or maybe there's just hmm. two. Maybe. Maybe that's where the tunnel goes. Ooh. And then so you can get to the airport and you can fly out from your plane. You Not go. that it would matter in post-apocalyptia. You can fly out of anywhere. <laughs> uh, well, that was fascinating. Like I said, I, I love... Hope so. I love the DIA. That's one of my favorite conspiracy theories. It's so cool, and it was so much fun to research, especially Lucifer killing his creator. I don't know how I'd never heard of Lucifer before. Oh, and he, I know, especially with all you've, re- you've read, that's... Yeah. He's like the entrance... So when you're driving up to the airport, you see this massive blue with this with, giant blue horse. Oh, the 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 horseshoe on this thing. <laughs> the horseshoe. On this thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. 
Well, anyway, anyway so I'm going to wrap this up. Let's do. Let's <laughs> before we talk about anatomy even more than we already have. So anyway, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Um, like we said earlier, we will be back um, July first. Yes. So yeah, monthly until otherwise stated. Yep. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. But as of right now, July first will be the next episode. Who knows what we're going to talk about? Mm-hmm. I don't even know because I haven't decided yet. I haven't either. So um, we have plenty of time to plan it. Now. We have thirty days to plan it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you have coming up? In the next month, like like, what do you have on the agenda? Oh, finishing this <laughs> office for sure. Finishing picks, the office. Picks to possibly be added to the Instagram account. We'll there you see. go. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so yeah, I've got some some. Um, I have a futon cover to make. Okay. Um, I have some sound panels to make. Ooh, that'll be nice. Yes, I have some shelves to hang. There you go. I have a dog to walk. Okay. Every day. Right. Yes. As and you do. Hey, hey, did anybody need our new uh, uh, Zodiac Jack? Oh, oh, we haven't announced the name yet. Oh, well. Oh, so, okay, so um, we got a little mascot. My my brother bought us this little stuffed jackalope. Thank you. Which is a cryptid that I would love to talk about on the podcast, but it's just there's not enough information to talk about it. It would literally oh. take me five minutes because they have traced back the history of it to like the like 1930s. Mm. So it's like, you know, they've never really seen them. It's like they know who created this and the person has flat out said, "We created this for tourism." Exactly. So it's like I would love to talk about it because it's from like my home area, but they're just they're not enough. But anyway, so my brother sent me a like a little stuffed animal, mm-hmm. not like an actual stuffed mount because they make those and I want oh, one. I would yeah, that would be really really <clears throat> That's going to be cooler. something that we're going to get eventually for here. Yes. Um but anyway, it's a stuffed animal of a jackalope and it, it's been up on the Instagram. Um and we put out what we were going to name it, but I feel bad saying this, but we didn't pick any of the names that you guys put out there. Um, we decided to name him Zodiac Jack because it kind of ties in both the conspiracies so and cute. the cryptids. Because we've got our, you know, our Jack from Jackalope, and we've got Zodiac from Zodiac Killer, which is you know one of the most conspiracy theory esque. Oh, murderers, serial killers that there is. Especially with the East Area Rapist just being caught yeah. and all of the conspiracies around that bringing back the uh, the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. So I may even, hey, maybe that's in our near future. It might be. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit. But yeah, so um, we might be posting more pictures of Zod- of us with Zodiac Jack. He's definitely going to be in the podcast office the or the, the, the podcast no. studio. Yes. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll come up with a name. The bunker. Guys, the bunker. The bunker. It's gray. <laughs> it is gray. Um, but yeah, so so Zodiac Jack will be in the bunker. Um, right. Let me think. What do I have coming up in the next yeah. month? I've What's got you. Um, next weekend. The reason we're recording this weekend is because I've got a anime convention next weekend that I'm going to be at in San Jose. Um, when and where and why and, and who and so it's called answer the questions. <laughs> it's called Fanime and it is in San Jose uh, Memorial Day weekend. So that's like the twenty fourth through the twenty eighth. Love it. Um, it's also my birthday weekend. Yay! Happy birthday, Sammy! Happy birthday, Sammy! I'm not revealing my age. You guys will have to guess. Go ahead and hmm. give me your best guess. Yeah. Um, 
Because you'll probably be wrong. Exactly. <laughs> um, you, you might get a sticker or not. It's, you might get you know, a sticker or not. I don't know. You might get a, not. You might get a postcard. Hey, there you go. You get there a postcard. If you can guess Sammy's you can age, guess you get a postcard. The first person to guess my age right gets a postcard. Because <laughs> we already have those purchased. Um, so, and that's really... Um, uh, yeah, that's really all I've got planned for the next month. And that's just next weekend. Other than that, it's just going to be work. Oh. Quick trip to San Antonio, Texas. For like a work thing. Nice. And that's about it. Nice. Pretty cool. Um, so anyway, so you guys can find us on our website. We are at www.conspiraciesandcryptids.com. Um, we're but you also, gotta do a little dance when you do you it. You gotta little, do, do a little dance. Conspiraciesandcryptids.com. <laughs> <laughs> we're also on Facebook at Conspiracies and Cryptids. And then we're on Instagram and Twitter and we're at Cryptipod. That's yes. C-R-Y-P-T-I-P-O-D. Cryptipod. Yeah. Um, and you can find us on all of your favorite podcatchers to include iTunes and Google Play now. Heck because yeah. I've been doing a lot of work on getting us out there. Sammy put a lot of work in and we need to appreciate Sammy. So give him all the love. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to get on Spotify soon, but right now they've kind of halted all applications because there's a lot of podcasts out there. <sighs> but hopefully in the near future we'll be on Spotify for you guys to listen to but um in the meantime if we're not on your favorite podcatcher please let us know and i will do whatever i can to get on that podcatcher for you we absolutely will and we will get there and we will be as available to you because we want to be in your ears yes um also our our patreon is not it's still not quite set up yet like you can find a link to it on on our website and right now we've only got the $1 tier just yes. because that was required to set it up. But we're still working out like details on what we're going to include yet. But, so um, please bear with us. You have been very patient fans <laughs> and we really, really appreciate it. If you are if you want to donate a dollar a month, that's great. And oh, we will put you yeah. on our donors list mm-hmm. on our website. And then we'll say your name back and forth in the end of the podcast. We might. We might. Because that, it, it, depending on how much this blows up, we we'll might see. not want to... Not for the one dollars, <laughs> but at least for now, you're our. For now, we might actually we might shout your name out. Yeah, for so, now, maybe. all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you again on Yay, July first. Thank you. Bye. See you guys. Bye.